This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. Hello! You all all right? Do you know what? This morning, isn't that, is that in the dark now? James will tell me off if I'm in the dark. Swimming in there somewhere. But, um, but, um, you know, you, you kind of just want to sit there with a soppy look on your face, enjoying the Holy Spirit, don't you? And then some chancellor has to stand up and give the words, and you're like, do you know what, babe? You look amazing, I know. But just shut up, because we just want to be with God right now. But you know what? I'm telling you what the Holy Spirit has done is prepared your heart for the word this morning. So if all it is is sitting there listening to nice songs and feeling all glowy, we need to know that our everyday life sometimes isn't so glowy, is it? But that the Holy Spirit lights, revives, and empowers us through all those dark days. So we need his word, don't we? Because it is a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. Yes? So if we want people to follow us because we're following Jesus... Our lamp has to be shining bright. Are you with me? And I have never been more convinced. Never. This morning, after hearing what Mark has brought, what the worship has brought forth for us, what God is telling us here this morning, I have never been more convinced that the word I have for you this morning is a word from God. Right? That you need to sit there. If you're not taking notes, take mental notes. And resolve next time to take notes. But uh, Because we forget it. I have to take notes because I'm an idiot and I forget these things. But you know what? You stay with God. You have notebooks. You have your phone. I'm not one of them. I'm not some lady who's going to go, do you know what? They were reading the Bible off the iPad. They're from Satan. No, right? If you want to use whatever device, you go right ahead and use your device. Right now, while I'm speaking, uh, to do the word, not to look at Facebook. Okay? We okay with that? So we are going to kick off right off away. We're not going to delay. We're going to get into the word. Psalm 84. Can we have it up? James Bynan told me to say this joke. You ready? I'm reading from the Northern Irish version. (laughs) NIV. Right, there we go. James? I told him I'd credit him. I told him I'd credit him. Always credit your sources. No plagiarism in ABC. That's the way we roll. We ready? Building on the amazing words that we have had over the last few weeks. You know, we've had those words from Mark, from, from Ian, from Emily. I mean, last week was amazing, wasn't it? I know some of you weren't here because you were on holiday or uh, in bed. But you know what? I'm just saying it because you were. But it was amazing. You missed a treat. Get it on the podcast. Save it on your podcast because that is a word you need to listen to regularly. Right? Because that word goes deep into your soul. Mark is saying it resonates. That word will reverberate around your spirit because you need it. You need to stay connected to God. You want to hear Emily's word. It was, tell you what, a word from God for this church in this season. And the season that we have right now is one of wholeness and victory. Okay? This is why I'm convinced this word is for you this morning, because people here are not living whole. Okay? I am telling you, I am telling you, the word of the Lord is coming through the preacher in these church, in this church, through all of them, through everyone who is speaking, and it is telling you, you are a child of God. You have an unlimited power source with God. You should be living whole. You are not living whole, church. There are some of you here, your spirits are crushed and broken, and you need to remember that Jesus, a bruised reed, he will not break. You need to live whole. You need to grasp hold of this word and live whole. Are we all together? Let's go. Right, here we go. Here we go. 
Let me find it and put on my glasses of righteousness. Right. Okay. That's what they are, you know. Enabling me to see clearly what Jesus wants me to do. Right. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar. O Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it springs, a place of springs. The autumn rains will cover it with pools. The valley of Baca, also known as the valley of weeping. Bear that in mind, okay? They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, O God of Jacob. Look upon our shield, O God. Look with favour on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favour and honour. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. O Lord Almighty, blessed is the man who trusts in you and woman. You with me? Yes. Are you hearing this? Yes. Okay? Those who have a year, a year, see if we were a year to year. Listen, that's what the law tells us. That's what the law tells us. If you've got years, you should be hearing it and then you should be doing it. So, listen up. We okay? Let's get started. It's all going to be brilliant. I'm going to put my glasses there. Just in case I can't see. Right. So, every year, a pilgrimage happened to the temple of the Most High God in Jerusalem. If I'm wrong about this, Ian will kick my head in later. (laughs) (laughs) So, the pilgrimage from a certain direction happened. So, wherever you were, an annual pilgrimage. You know what a pilgrimage is? A pilgrimage is a holy journey to a religious destination for spiritual purposes. Yes? That is what the pilgrimage was. Every year they took this pilgrimage to go and worship and, and sacrifice to the Most High God in the temple. And they passed through a place called the Valley of Weeping, through the barren lands. Remind you of a song? Yeah, pilgrims through this barren land. Yes? I am weak, but thou art mighty. Right? So this is what they did every year. And they were together. Church, point one. Don't write this down. Well, you can write it down, but that's not my first point. I'm just saying point one. We are all together in this. We are individual pilgrims, but we are on a pilgrimage together. Yes? And we go from strength to strength to strength to strength. You see, what God has done, our journey, I hate the word journey, so I'm going to put a little caveat around this, because it's all a little bit X factor, isn't it? You know, journey nowadays in the 21st century, I've been on such a journey. You haven't. You're out of tune in show one, you're out of tune at the end. You know, there has been no journey on the X factor, no progression. You've just got a better stylist, right? There has been nothing. It's all show. You are still untalented. (laughs) Harsh, yet true. Okay, so this is how. But for the Christian, this is how we begin. We begin in Genesis, a glorious beginning. There was nothing. The Spirit of the Lord was hovering on the waters, and he said, let there be light. And there was light. Do you see what our God does? He begins. 
he creates. That's our glorious beginning. And it ends in a glorious way, doesn't it? In the book of Revelation. That's our ultimate destination. We're looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Hallelujah. That's where we're going. I'm getting there, church. You know what? You can get stuck in your valleys if you want. All right? But we get there. And if I can help you get there, you follow me. Because I'm following Jesus. We get there together, don't we? But you have to walk your own pilgrimage. Yes? You have to be a pilgrim if you want to get there. Nobody can piggyback you. You know, Emily's, that illustration we had last week was brilliant. Jesus will carry you when your legs get tired. Other people cannot. We can be your friend. We can be your ally. We can pray with you. We can abide with our weaker brother, can't we? But I cannot have a relationship with the living God for you. And you cannot look to anyone who's on the worship team here, or preaching, or teaching our children, or doing anything, making our teas, because that is important, cleaning our toilets. You cannot look to those people to have a relationship with the living God for you. You have to have your relationship with God. So we've got these glorious bookends, haven't we? We begins gloriously, it ends gloriously. But you see, the journey is meant to be glorious as well. This is why I am convinced God is telling you this morning, I want you to be whole. I want your journey to be glorious. Are you with me? Do you understand what this is saying to you? You know, we've been away in Rock Nations and it was marvelous, truly marvelous. And my heart swells with pride and joy. Yes, I said pride. Go there. And joy to see what our young people are achieving in their own lives, to see them walking out their destiny with Jesus Christ. But you know, the goal, the gold is every day of your life. It's not Rock Nations. It's not Rock Nations. It's every single day of your life is the gold that Christ has for you. So don't be waiting every year for a shot in the arm for Jesus. You walk your walk. You talk your talk with Christ Jesus. You rise as he was risen from the dead. Why do I rise? Why can I walk through the valley of weeping but still say my God reigns? Because I rise as he was risen. If you say you can't do it anymore, then Christ's death was not enough for you. Sorry, sorry, not sorry. You're saying the sacrifice of Jesus Christ was too small to overcome that barrier in your life. That's not true. That's a lie created by the enemy, perpetuated by you. Because we believe it, don't we? And then we act out of it. And when we act out of it, we spoil our own journey. We spoil our own journey to the glorious end with Jesus. You know? Right. That was just the introduction. Ha ha ha. I'm going to be so much longer. Right. No. You ready? We are part of this generation now. You can't look to what's going to come after or what's been before. We are part of this generation now. You know, we've just prayed about seeking a new revival, haven't we? And that's great, but it will happen in this generation if we if we humble ourselves before our Lord and seek his face. Because it's his revival, not our own. And we need to be in a place where we are whole. I keep banging on about this, but I cannot tell you, my heart breaks when I see the way people are living a half-life. Because they don't believe God is big enough to break through it. So they just acquiesce. 
they just resolve to be like this. Or they look for other people to be the thing in their lives that makes it better in this moment without seeing that we go from glory to glory with God. We go from grace to grace. We go from strength to strength to ultimately see his face in heaven. Do you see how you rob yourself along the way? We rob ourselves along the way. Karis is leaving everybody. Everybody look at Karis. <laughs> Sorry. She's working. She isn't like, I'm never coming back. Like, <laughs> Can't see anything. Wait a minute. Right. Okay. Let's define our terms for a minute, okay? So these are some of the words that we're using. We're using words like pilgrimage. We're using things like strength. Using words like blessed. So pilgrimage. A pilgrim's journey. You're a crusader. Do you know what that's what the Oxford English Dictionary describes a pilgrim as? A crusader. Do you see how powerful you are in Christ Jesus? You're not just having life happen to you. You're a crusader through this life. Amazing. Okay? Blessed, holy or favoured by God, bringing welcome, pleasure or relief. You are blessed. That is what you are through Christ Jesus. That is what you are. Do you refresh others when you see them? Are you refreshed yourself? This is what we are. And we lose sight of this, don't we? Strength, okay, is strong or... Now, this is interesting, isn't it? Because when you look at it in the dictionary, you think, oh, yeah. It's being strong. It's the quality of strength. But it's also, when you're strong, it is a good or useful quality. Isn't it? It's not just about strength. See, we miss that, don't we? I have to be strong. Are you good and useful? It's about being good and useful, okay? And going from strength to strength means to progress with increasing success. I love that. As you progress through life, it is with increasing success. Not as the world sees success. You know, if we were waiting for, you know, Jesus to bestow us with titles and dignitaries and all of that, we would be sorely shortchanged, wouldn't we? But instead, we progress with success. We have more of him. We become more Christ-like. Yeah. Love it. Okay, so, on to my points. You all all right with that? Yes. Yeah? yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm gonna leave, I want to sort of begin with this thought. We, we're in Rock Nations, just saying. Clunk, how many times can I name drop? Yeah, I'm going to do it. I mean, you heard Chad Veach speak. I'd never heard of Chad Veach, to be honest with you. And then I heard him speak. He's a very tall American. And... Um, he said, he's, but he said loads of things. He was very good, I have to say. And he said this. And you know when it's just a word, it's like a room goes quiet around you. Of course it isn't. It's filled with hundreds of smelly teenagers. But you know, they did smell. There's like, it's like, you know, like a curtain comes down, the Holy Spirit just goes, Voomph, like that. And you're all of a sudden so tuned in to the frequency of what someone is saying that it's like the world has stopped spinning around you and he said this jesus didn't come to make bad people good he came to raise what was dead to life and you think well, i know that stuff i know that stuff but it's like your heart just went like the matrix right i was like that and you're like yes yes and there are areas of our lives where we're dead church and he wants to bring us back to life it's not about being good or bad. It's about being dead or alive. Do you see it? We concentrate so much on behavior modification and being a Christian. Don't we, though? We love all the fringe benefits that come with that stuff. Oh, they're religious. Oh, they're good. Mini capel, 
Puppet. Oh, good. Lovely. Right? And we miss out on the fact that we are dead inside. And Jesus is going, I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here. And you are still dead inside. He came to raise the dead to life. Yes? Yes? Are you alive? Oh, I'm not supposed to be one. People are like, oh, I'm not sure. Oh, gosh. I don't know what am I. I would suggest this to us. There are areas in all of our lives where we are dead. Or dying. Or we have dressed a very beautiful corpse. In some of our lives. It's like there in the casket. And we go sometimes to visit it and touch it and put some flowers there. Because that is too difficult to deal with. That bit there won't ever get resurrected. And do you know what, Jesus? I kind of don't want you to. Because if I make that bit whole, it changes everything else about my life. Now listen, some of us, Lazarus had to come out of the tomb in his grave clothes. Right? Jesus wants to raise up what is dead in your life. And you have to let him. You have to partner with the Holy Spirit where we're not two are in agreement, it says, isn't it? You know, and that's all the Holy Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit, don't you? I love it because the whole Bible tells us, let us reason together. You know, where we're not two are in agreement. Those are the words we're told. It's not, and Jesus, you know, foot kicked the door through and then karate chopped someone in the throat and said, you will be alive. He just says, woman, why are you weeping? Why are you weeping? I'm here. You believe in me. Have faith in me also, right? You have to have faith for that bit of your life that you think God can't ever touch and let him touch it. You have to have faith that when he does touch it, it is going to be restored completely. It might not be restored in the way you want it restored, but it will be restored in the image of the living God. And there lies his power because you are saying more of you, less of me. We need to give up our dead bits of our life, you know, and some of us, you know, there's no problem in walking through the valley of weeping. The pilgrimage went through there. The pilgrims went together. There's no problem walking through the valley of weeping. We don't expect to not walk through the valley of weeping, do we? You know, if life is a picnic, sometimes there are wasps, aren't there? You know, we know that. The problem is, is when you settle there. The problem is, is when you get too comfortable in the valley of weeping and you don't want to move out to the valley of weeping and you never get to the temple. Do you see these glorious bookends we've got? The beginning, the end, all about God's glory. And we get stuck in the middle. And we don't move. And we wonder, why is this happening to me? You know, that's what the Phil series is amazing. And that is a prophetic series from God, isn't it? It's okay to not be okay. Because God is there in the valley of weeping with you. And like Emily's illustration last week, he says, do you know what? I'll carry you for this bit if it's too hard. If it's too hard, I get it. Come on, I'm with you. But I am with you through every step. But sometimes we say it's too hard and we sit down and settle for it. You know, we've pre- sung, uh, we've got, none of this is written down. Sorry about this. I'm going off on one. This morning, we've sung. Can I borrow this bottle? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to snow mine, are they? 
We sang this morning about a sacrifice of worship and praise, didn't we? We sang about a sacrifice. King David, his mighty men, the king said, I'm thirsty. The men broke through enemy lines to a well they shouldn't have been anywhere near in Bethlehem to get the king a glass of water. They brought it back to the king and the king said, this is too much for me that men would risk their lives. This belongs to God. And he poured the drink out as we pour out the spirit of God when we sacrifice, don't we? Don't we? We're pouring out his spirit in a sacrificial way, aren't we? Our praise, our worship, when it's fighting, we are pouring it out. Because sometimes we don't feel like lifting our hands. Sometimes we don't feel like praising his name. We just want to sing songs that make us feel a bit better about being a bit rubbish. You know what? Oh, sing a slow song, you know, because then I feel sad. You know what? There is nothing lovelier than listening to sad love songs and crying or watching a film that makes you cry. But that is mental. When you want that from worship of the Most High God. No, come on. This is the reality we need in our lives. Instead of saying, do you know what? Coming to Jesus every Friday when I don't feel like it, that's pouring yourself out in sacrifice. Coming to church when I don't feel like it, that's pouring yourself out in sacrifice. And God sees your sacrifice of worship and says, I am glorified. So when you don't feel like it, Get on your knees and pour out like a drink sacrifice to God. And you watch him move in power in your life. But we don't, do we? I'm pointing at Helen. Sorry, I didn't mean to point at you, Helen. Sorry. (laughs) But that's what happens. We don't get on our knees before the Most High God to pour ourselves out. We want him to come along and pat the back of it. Babes, right, man. Come on. Come on. You carry on. You stay there. You stay there and move when you're ready. But what King David got, and that's why, despite all his sin, King David understood it's all about him. Against you and you only have I sinned. Now restore to me the joy of my salvation, that I may proclaim you in the great assembly. That's what King David says. That's why he could fall on his knees and say, men risked their lives to get me this and I don't deserve it. You have it. There are people here, you know. And you think you don't deserve good things because of stuff that's happened. You can't see a way that God is ever going to make things happy for you again or whole and complete for you again. Pour it out before him in sacrifice. Hand it over to him. Is this, is this making sense to anyone? I need to know if this is making sense to anyone. Because I'm really churned up about it. I want everyone living whole. I see too much degradation. I see too many broken lives. I see too many people at age 14 thinking, my life is never going to be anything. And you're going, that is such a lie. That is such a lie. Who did that to you? And the people of God feel the same way. And you've got Jesus. Do you know what I mean? Do you know how frustrating it is? Not because I want us to be a part of a whip-bang church. Do you know what I mean? People are going, we're so trendy, look at us, we're all together. That's not what I want. It's because you're dying in your life. I meet with you, I sit with you, I see you. And your life is a burden to you. And it is a gift. It is a joy. And you are drowning in it. I just want you to be whole, church. I want to be whole. I want us to pilgrimage together. Can you hear this? Is this okay for anyone? Am I talking to anyone here this morning? You know? Because we need to get this bit together. Right. Okay. I've got four points for you. What time is it? I've got five minutes to do four points. Don't worry. We'll get there. 
All right. These are principles. I like to call them principles, not points, because a principle is a governing thing, isn't it? When we write principles, they govern. They are not slaved or enslaved to the motives of other people. You cannot impose a motive upon a principle. So when we're talking about the principles of God, they are unchanged, unchanging. Right? They are not subject to your motives or to your likes or dislikes. So they are active principles for the living God. Our motive is love displaying itself as faith. Yes? People are like, oh, I know. Is it? I know. Love expressing itself as faith. Our aim is to reach those who don't know Jesus. Are we in agreement? Do you see? I don't know. I'm scared. Come on. Our goal is to give all the glory to God in all things through Christ Jesus. Are those the underpinning points of your life? Right? All about him. All about him. You will always have my heart, Lord Jesus. Which means he always has everything about you. And you can trust him with your heart. You can trust him with your heart. Learn to trust him with your heart. Here we go. Point one. I've been watching the Olympics. Loving it. Loving it. Every four years, I think, I could do that. (laughs) I could do that. And then I realised, no, I couldn't. (laughs) Because mostly I don't want to. I'm lazy. You know what? And look at this. Don't need to exercise. Right? So I'm there watching it, and the rowers, those rowers are amazing, aren't they? Those women rowers, I was like, you're amazing. Getting all emotional watching Steve Backshall crying. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then I said, what's the most important piece of advice anybody gave you? And she said this, always do the basics well. How brilliant is that? You want to succeed? You want to progress? Go from strength to strength? Do the basics well. Emily's message. (laughs) Yeah? Get it. Listen to it. Do the basics well. You want victory in your life? You know, it's not just some, it's not just a word or a concept where you wake up one morning going, I'm leaping gazelle-like into work this morning. It's all going so tickety-boo for me. You know what? It's like God going, come on. I stick to the unlimited source of my faith and my power and my love. The reason I rise is because you are risen and you empower me with your grace. That is hard fought sometimes, isn't it? Well, it was hard-bought for you. (laughs) You went to the cross for that. That's why sometimes you have to dig deep for it. But fight for it. It's worth the fight. When the world's coming against you, when everyone is coming against you, you dig deep and you stick with that unlimited source, the power of the living God in your life. The basics. Don't expect the miracles if you're not doing the basics. Right? We want the miracle. We want God to come in and change everything. It was like, do you know what? What I would love... I would love, I'd love this, God, if you're listening, you are listening, I know, right? Is a big hand to come down when I'm in a bit of a turmoil and write the answer on the wall for me. Wouldn't we all love that? Like in Daniel, oh, there's a hand coming. Oh, that's what I need to do. God told me, God told me, no, God tells me, you're loved, you have Jesus, you have the power of the living God inside you, you are valued. You, he tells me all those things every second of every day. Why do I need a hand on the wall coming down to tell me what I should and shouldn't be doing? I don't. Do I? And neither do you. <laughs> do you. Do the basics. Practice the basics. Practice the basics. You know? We get that. You know, hey, extending my Olympic analogy. Didn't know I was going to go here. Let's do this. You run your race, don't you? Paul says, you run your race. And you get congratulated at the end. You get your gold medal which is Christ himself. You see him, you will see him face to face. 
and all those things that are not known now, not understood now, that we are seeing through a glass dimly, we will understand. And even if I get to heaven and some of the questions I ask him, I go, why, why, why? And he goes, Andrea, love, it's none of your business. I'll be like, oh yeah, that's okay. Because <laughs> I've got you. Yeah. See, that is, that is the truth of the matter. We will look for answers to the nth degree. And sometimes God is going, you just have to trust in me. The minute none of your business. Leave that with me. Leave that with me. I'm not giving you any answers. That seems really mean of God. I mean, stamp our feet at his meanness. But he's just going, leave that with me. You have faith in me. Not me, God. Do you know I was pointing there? <laughs> you have faith in God. So that is, practice your basics, yeah? yeah. Point two, and this is why we practice the basics. Because isolation, I'm quoting Ian. Quoting Ian, if you're writing this down, I'm quoting Ian. Isolation leads to self-obsession. I love that. When you said that, that was another Matrix moment. I've got to say, no, I have bullets, Holy Spirit bullets flying like that. Yeah, go good. <laughs> Isolation leads to self-obsession. If you are not practicing the basics, if you are not tapping into the unlimited source power, you are relying on yourself. When you rely on yourself, you begin to think all manner of stuff. Okay? Most of it, error. Most of it is wrong. But that is the only voice you are listening to. And you are not allowing anybody else to speak into your life. You're not, maybe, hey, don't give up the practice of, of, of meeting together. That's point three. You're going to come on to that now. But you are only listening to your voice, your inner voice. That voice is powerful. Yeah. Do you know that? The, who do you listen to most? You know, who do you spend most time with? You. Yeah. So whose voice are you listening to most of the time? Yeah. Yours. I'm crackers. Right? <laughs> Truly I am. I'm crackers. If I listened to my voice, I'd have been sectioned years ago. Okay? Luckily, I have a lovely mother and father who never told me how weird I was growing up. <laughs> they were just, they just loved me, you know? But, you know, you, you believe the stuff that you believe. Stay close to God. Keep drinking from that source. If you want to be whole, do not isolate yourself from people. And when people come to you and they give you good advice, good godly advice, or they come to you and they say, I believe this is what's going on and we need to talk about this. Take it, take it on the chin, be big enough to take it on the chin and say, right, okay, where am I going wrong? How do I need to do this? Because you need to encapsulate and be empowered by the Holy Spirit and know that you are rising as Christ rose from the grave when people speak into your life like that. Are you with me? You become more Christ-like the way we change to become more Christ-like. I don't wake up. You're changing all the time, aren't you? But you get to choose how you change. I would always recommend and encourage you to take the godly way. To become more Christ-like. Not become more of you. That's what John the Baptist had. You know, these great men of faith in the Bible, they got it, didn't they? They got it. Abraham just got it. Just got it. Just saw this stuff. And said, okay, send me where you want to send me. John the Baptist saw it and said, I become less so he can become more. Do you know... Do you know what it means to say that in your life? If you, if you say that and mean it, do you know what that means for your life? It means everything changes. Okay? Some of those changes 
might not be comfortable because people don't get that sort of proclamation. People don't understand it. But you know what? God does. And he sees you and he loves you. And he is your power and your strength through it all. So when people don't get it and people are having a go at you, just become less so that he can become more. Even in that place, you become less so he can become more. Don't engage in petty arguments. Are you hearing me? Yeah, yeah. Don't engage in petty arguments. Forgive and forgive quickly. Be kind. No? Live in peace with all men insofar as it rests with you. You can't dictate what other people do. Okay? Let them live as they live. But for you, I would recommend the words of St. Francis of Assisi. You preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, then you use words. Yeah? yeah. You hearing this? You pour your life out as a sacrifice if you have to. Your worship is your life, not a song. You getting that, young people? Yeah. Your worship is your life, not a song. Worship is powerful. The heavenly shift. God inhabits the praises of his people. But the real, real worship is your life transformed for Jesus Christ. Right? That's where your worship is. This is principle number three. Okay? Follow his call. Follow his call. Wherever it takes you. The Great Commission in Matthew. Yes? The very last words Jesus says to us. So surely they might be quite important. Do you think? Do you think he left the best till last? Do you think he probably thought, oh, I could have told them this sooner. And by the way, you know, no, it was. Right, listen. This is the task I'm leaving you with in Matthew 28. You go and make disciples of all men. All men. Doesn't matter if you have to go to the ends of the earth. Okay? But what I would suggest is, Everybody needs to go next door <laughs> and to their families. You know, it isn't a question of being called to here, there and everywhere. It isn't a question of evangelism. Not the Great Commission. That's a set, right? The Great Commission is not a question of evangelism. It's a question of obedience. We are all called to make disciples of men. Okay? In our families, in our neighbours, here, right, with all people. That is the calling on our life. So as we pilgrimage together, we are mindful of the words of Jesus, aren't we? And they occupy and inhabit our steps as we go, that we are there to get other people to know Jesus Christ as Lord. Yes, come on. Amen. This is the stuff, church. I feel like Mike Wazowski in, in the Monsters Inc. Have you seen that? These are the jokes, kid. You know what I mean? This is what I'm saying. This is it. And if people want a nicer, happier message with rainbows and unicorns and, you know, you go off and do your own thing and it'll all be just so lovely, you know, because all that positive thinking stuff is great, isn't it? You know, all those memes we see on Facebook, I am actually going to do a preach on it once and I'm going to break down all those positive thinking memes we see. <laughs> Honestly, live long, kiss slowly. Well, what, my nan? What? You know, <laughs> you know, it's nonsense. It is nonsense. And we live our lives by it. You follow the call of Jesus. Don't you? Yes. Never mind all that drip, drip, drip feeding of this, you know, rainbow, glitter-tinted nonsense people want us to live by. Where's the power in that? Oh, I'm shrieking. But where is the power in that? You have the power of the Most High God flowing through you right now. It's happened this morning. You know? Live whole. Do you get this? Do my head in. Do my own head in. Again, I'm just getting to play them. I'm not doing this. Right? It's the power to enable the grace that we have in our lives. Coming on to the final point. Stay the path. 
Stay the path. Stay the path. We go from strength to strength, those who pilgrimage, until we see him face to face. The grace of God has been poured into your life. A new dispensation of grace. Grace was in the Old Testament, but we have a new dispensation of grace through Christ Jesus, don't we? It is not an abstract. It is not, you know, a character quality, although we try to make it that. It is not subject to my whim. It is not subject to my likes and dislikes. It is the grace bestowed upon us by the Most High God to do his will on earth, to point people to Jesus. I mean, make it something like, you know, oh my gosh, by God's grace, I, uh, you know, um, did a, had a really good day in work. Great, good. I'm glad you had a good day in work. I'm glad you had a good day in work. That's all great, isn't it? But the grace of God is so much more powerful than that. We are all guilty of dumbing down the gospel to some extent, whether in our lives or with other people. That seems quite scathing and quite judgmental. But what I mean is this. We need to practice the basics not isolate ourselves and follow the call of Jesus to know exactly what he is saying to us and what he wants us to do. Bear in mind, I want us to think about this. The ten bridesmaids. Yes? The par... No. Right? Yeah? I don't know. The parable of the ten bridesmaids. Yes? The five wise, the five foolish. They're waiting for the bridegroom. They're there with their lamps. There's a little song in there somewhere. But we want to sing it. Give me oil in my... Right? So there's oil in your lamp and they're waiting there for the bridegroom. The stupid bridesmaids let it burn out because the bridegroom's late. It's not late. He's just delayed. He's not there yet. The wise bridesmaids make sure there's enough oil left. You have oil for everything you need to do in your life. Okay? I'm glad you have great days at work. I'm glad everything seems to be going well for you. But when things aren't going so well, you still need to have oil in your lamp. And it's there. For such a time as this, church, keep your lamps full of the Holy Spirit. That's what we do. We want other people to find the path, don't we? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> people like that. I don't know what you want from me, Andrea. You know, like, we want other people to find the path. People find the path through the people of God. Yes? The deep calls to deep. When people see the way you live, when people see your walk, when you have the opportunity to share with people, when we have an opportunity to take young people to a conference and put them in the presence of the Most High God, when we can do youth club here, when we can do church here, we have all of that together. Keep your lamp filled. You need it. You know, our lamps run out and then we think, where's God? It is your responsibility to keep your lamp filled up. That's what we've said this morning, isn't it? You know, you're not about leaving church changed. That lies with you. I love you, church. I love you. I love you with all my heart. But it is not my responsibility to keep your lamp filled. If I could, I would. Right? I would. Because I see how hard it is for some of you. But it is your responsibility to keep your lamp filled. And I'm not saying that of any sense of harshness or judgment. I'm saying it motivated entirely by God's love. Because I would see you whole. I would see you whole and happy and loving your life and your saviour. And walking it out with power and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I would see that. I would see that. That is my prayer for you. That's why I know today this is a word for someone. Who needs to know that? Who feels lost in it? You are never so lost and broken, Jesus can't fix it. Yeah. That's a basic, isn't it? Yeah. 
and we forget it. See, we, we make the scripture so small and we tailor it to what we want. So we make our Jesus very small, don't we? We make our Jesus very small. And he, you know, the power that got him out of the grave now lives in you. Crazy. <laughs> the power that got Christ out of the grave now resides in you. You are now, with this, this, this blows me away every time. You are now co-heirs with Christ. Co- Listen, do you hear that? Co-heirs with Christ. There's no hierarchy around that. He is Lord and he says, you share in it with me fully. You are co-heirs to all God has for you with Christ Jesus. Do you get that? Is it, is it just me when you wake up in the morning and you think, that is insane. Why would you do that for me? But thank you that you have. That's how you live your life. Knowing you're a co-heir with Christ. That's how you overcome with that power inside you. Do you hear what I'm saying, church? Do you, please? You're breaking my heart, church. Okay, but you press forward. You press forward. I'm finishing there. I'm finishing there. Or I will go on for all, forever. I'll probably start shouting at all of you. I need a flip chart. I need lists. Like I'm turning you over. The, right? But we go from strength to strength until we see him face to face. That's why the psalmist could say, when God has proved so faithful in those barren places, I wouldn't swap a day in your house than be anywhere else. You know what? I could live in Buckingham Palace and I wouldn't want to. I'd sooner be scrubbing the floors in the house of the Lord. That's what comes to you, where you become less and he becomes more and the things of God become more. Church, can we pray? Is that okay? We're going to pray to finish. We're going to do it the YABC way, you know. So I want you all to stand up if you can't stand up. Come on, come on, come on, come on, Marvin. Time is short. Time is money. Right? No, it's not. <laughs> Everyone stand up. If you want to raise your hands in prayer, go for it. Okay? If you don't, then don't. But I want to say, Lord Jesus, today is a new day. You ask us to sing a new song, Lord God. On our pilgrimage, on our journey, you ask us, you command us, you take us through those valleys and you say, I am the Lord your God. Lord God, I pray that lives here would be made whole. I pray wherever is broken, you would restore. I pray wherever the oil of your Holy Spirit has run low, Lord God, that people would engage with you and partner with you and they would be filled to the brim because we know you have no half measures. We know that with you, Lord God, your cup runneth over. You don't just fill us to the top, we spill over, Lord God. Lord God, I pray that your love, your grace, your favour, your blessing, your strength, your kindness would invade people's hearts here today, Lord, that they would live a whole life for you, and your glory through Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. Terrific, yeah? This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 596000.